The top three in the Cy Young were all in the National League West, but none of them were the Dodgers. Were on the Dodgers. Blake Snell won the Cy Young, and he's a free agent. Should the Dodgers go after him? We'll look at the pros and cons of signing the left-hander. And then we'll look at three former, now former Dodgers pitchers that are available in free agency. And if there's a fly or worth a flyer of any of them, that's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We are here every weekday morning for you, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube. All you got to do is search for Locked On Dodgers, and you can you can become an everydayer by listening or watching every day, which is made easier by subscribing once again wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube or both if you want. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Ben Samperio, and I'm joined by my co-host Jeff Snyder, and we're both lifelong Dodger fans that uh, do this podcast, so we cover the team in that aspect. We've covered the team in different aspects in the past. We have been the press box, been in the locker room, talked to players, been in spring training. We've done a lot of different things. Uh, we're not quite insiders, though. We're just here to bring you what we believe is uh, some smart takes on the Dodgers, smart thoughts on the Dodgers. We're trying to make everyone a, a more informed Dodger fan. And uh, we usually do that through the use of rationality. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't always work out for everybody, but we try to do it anyway. So. That's what we're here to do today, and um, like I mentioned in the start, the top three vote-getters for National League Cy Young were all in the NL West. The Dodgers had none of them. The Dodgers did not have any pitchers that received Cy Young votes, which probably wasn't a surprise. And it ended up coming down, or it ended up being unanimous. Was it unanimous for Blake Snell? I know Garrett Cole was unanimous. Either way, Blake Snell won. Logan Webb was second. Zach Gallen was third. Or were you surprised by that top three, Jeff? And then we'll get into specifically Blake Snell and free agency. Uh, no, the National League Cy Young was pretty weird this year because, you know, even Snell, who was clearly the winner, there there were some big question marks about his dominance. Ultimately, when you get down to run prevention, he was dominant. He had the best ERA in baseball. Uh, but the second and third, like Gallon started the All-Star game, but he was hit and miss at times. Logan Webb, like he, his underlying numbers were a lot better than his, his actual numbers. Uh, and so, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily surprising, but uh, I, I feel like none of those guys really had a dominant season, even though I like Snell, you could make a case. It was dominant based on the ERA, but the way he got there was really, really weird. And, uh, and the other two guys uh, had, had, different issues but similar lack of dominance i felt like yeah I, I mean i just didn't pay attention to the giants i guess i feel like logan webb had the quietest second place finish in cy young ever i don't think 
I saw his name in a lot of places leading up into it, and then all of a sudden he's there. Uh, he led the league in innings pitch with 216. But other than that, I mean, wasn't, you know, he, he didn't walk a lot of guys, and he threw a lot of innings. He wasn't amazing in any sense. But, yeah, like I said, it was a, a different year in Cy Young, especially on the National League side, and even in general in that – Probably is, makes sense due to the uptick in offense that was provided by all the new rules and kind of like the new people getting used to it, people getting used to pitch clock, people getting used to, you know, more runs being scored. Um, I would imagine all that contributed to kind of what was a weird Cy Young gear. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, It was one of those things where, you know, even, even Clayton Kershaw, before he got hurt, he was right there in – in the in the conversation and he like era wise it was good but like even if kershaw hadn't gotten hurt he would have pitched you know about 165 innings probably and and uh had an era you know mid twos it wouldn't wouldn't have been in kershaw's top seven seasons of his career probably but he would have gotten real consideration simply because uh the yeah the competition was quite a bit different yeah. All right. So Blake Snell is a free agent. It's I think the the fourth year now in a row in the national or not fourth year in a row, but it's happened four years in a row. I think maybe not National League that the Cy Young winner is a free agent after, and Blake Snell matches that that criteria for this year. And we haven't talked specifically about him in the sense of should the Dodgers go after him, should they not go after him, pros and cons. So. Let's kind of just run through some of those pros and cons, and we can start with the pro that he's the reigning Cy Young champion and the other pro that he's done well against the Dodgers and he's done well at preventing runs, at least this last season. Um, So without getting into that, let's just talk about that specifically first of why he wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, Snell is a very, very good pitcher. Even when he has struggled at times, uh, he's been – He's been very good. It's his second Cy Young Award. He's deserved both of them when he's won them. Uh, and uh, when he is, when he's good, he's very, very good. Uh, and so if the Dodgers are looking to make a splash pitching wise, Blake Snell would make a lot of sense uh, because he, I, I don't, it's hard for me to talk about the pros without like everything has like a hedging my bets, like, but then there's also this, you know, and so even when I'm trying to just say the positive sentence, I just have to keep only saying half of a sentence because my brain just wants to wants to argue against it, too, because there are so many so many red flags throwing up for me. What what are your positives, Vince? Yeah, I mean, it's the second time he's won Cy Young in the last five years six or years. six seasons. So, you know, he's had a mixed bag of results in between that. He, you know, but last year, you know, if you just go off last year specifically, 225 ERA, you know, if you want to look at ERA, 180 innings pitched, you know, regardless, and 32 starts, like just for that right there, the fact that he started 30 games uh, would be beneficial for the Dodgers. I think the fact, you know, that he's pitched well against the Dodgers, uh, you know, probably lends itself to a little bit. Dodgers have had good offenses a lot in the, in the past, even if they've struggled a little bit more against left-handed pitching. He's still been able to be, even in his bad seasons, he's pitched well against the Dodgers. Um, you know, so he have that going for him. He has 
a three 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 career ERA in the postseason. He, you know, he's again another mixed bag of sorts, but he's had good outings and he's shown that he's, you know, able to pitch well in the postseason. So I, I think as a pitcher, he's a good pitcher. And then the other positive that comes with that is that if he comes to the Dodgers, I think they can make him a better pitcher. Yeah. And that I guess that is a good positive that, you know, if the Dodgers were to go after him, it would be at least in part because they, you know, see some uh some things that they can uh, obviously you're not looking to improve the rating Cy Young winner too much, but uh you are hoping to help him maintain his performance. And uh I'm trying to think was 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 do he and Andrew Friedman have a relationship? I know that <clears throat> Friedman was already with the Dodgers by the time uh or around starting around the time that that uh that Snell debuted with the race. So I assume that Friedman was the he got one drafted that, in 2011. So, so Friedman, Friedman was there. Yeah. So, you know, there, there may be some of that relationship. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't think I would expect Blake Snell to come in and be the ace of the team, but as part of their strategy going after pitching this off season, I think you could do a lot worse than Blake Snell. Yeah. We'll get into a couple more, maybe pros, some cons, and then kind of what a contract would look like for Snell. So that's what's coming up. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. A money line bet is simply a bet that chooses which team is going to win that night, regardless of all the spread and odds and everything else. And remember, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets if your team wins. So tonight, Ravens and Bengals, if you pick one and that team wins, you get $150 in bonus bets. Simple as that. And what is bonus bets? Bonus bets is basically $150 to put towards more bets. That's not coming straight out of your pocket. So you can win. You can take that 150 and flip it again and then flip it again and then flip it again. And then, boom, look at that. You will, you know, you can send us some of that winnings just because you like us. So go Join FanDuel right now. There's no better time to get in on the action. And you can check out the app. There's, you know, more than just money line bets. There's spreads, you know, points, covers, and then over-unders, player props. You can build out a same-game parlay. You know, so-and-so is going to have more than one touchdown. So-and-so is going to have, you know, less than 50 rushing yards, whatever the case is. So go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Download the app. Check it out and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And now Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, uh, Jeff. So as we mentioned, there's there might be some more positives from Blake Snell, but let's kind of move on to, you know, what would make you wary of the Dodgers going after Blake Snell? So I, I've mentioned this a couple times before. I made a spreadsheet. I love spreadsheets. I'm I'm it. It's my favorite thing. Uh, the every Cy Young Award winner in baseball history. There have been now 126 of them, and. Uh, 122 of them had a walk rate below 10%. Uh, 
122 of the 126 had less than four walks per nine. Uh, three, three guys, Pete Vukovic in 1982, early win in 1959, and Bob Turley in 1958 had walk rates uh, over 10% and uh, more than four walks per nine. Uh, the highest on both of those, those was Bob Turley, 12.6% walk rate and 4.7 walks per nine. Blake Snell, 13.3% walk rate, 5.8 walks per nine. More than a full walk per nine higher than the previous highest previous highest uh, Cy Young Award winner. Uh, now, the, the reason that Blake Snell was able to win the Cy Young Award, despite walking so many hitters, is because he allowed just 5.8 hits per nine this year. He was elite at keeping guys from getting hits, and that meant that even with the ridiculous walk rate, his whip was a respectable 1.189. It's nothing amazing, but it was respectable. But you throw all that together, and Blake Snell's FIP this year, fielding independent pitching, which basically is an attempt to calculate what should his ERA have been based on the things he can control, meaning strikeouts, walks, and home runs. His FIP was 3.44, well over a run higher than his ERA. What all of that means is that either Blake Snell figured out a cheat code this year and figured out how to succeed despite walking a ton of guys, or he got lucky. And that's a pretty big red flag, especially he's going to be 31 years old. Uh, you know, depending on how long a contract he's looking for, I'd be pretty nervous about expecting him to duplicate 2023's performance. The good news is he doesn't necessarily need to duplicate the performance because even in previous years, I mean, the fact is his walk rate this year was higher than it's ever been before. Uh, and his, uh, his strikeout rate was, you know, about what it's normally, what it normally is. I just realized it 5.0, not 5.8. Uh, his, his per nine was 5.8, 5.0 walks per, per nine. Uh, but really if Blake Snell went back to what he was, you know, for the previous three seasons, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, it's not Cy Young winner, but he could definitely be a solid number two or three starter for a team like the Dodgers. Uh, if they could bring in a couple other guys too, but, you know, I worry that he's going to get reigning Cy Young Award winner money and years, and I would be pretty nervous about the Dodgers being the team to give him that money in those years. The money doesn't – I mean, it's not my money, but, you know, I only care about the money in as much as it affects their ability to sign other guys. Uh, the years concern me more because uh, I'm not convinced Blake Snell is going to be a great pitcher when he's 34 even. Yeah, I think – well. Cy Young Award, reigning Cy Young Award money is subjective in a sense because, you know, Bauer got what he got from the Dodgers, but then Robbie Ray got five and 115 after he won Cy Young. And that's, you know, if the if Blake Snell wanted to sign for five and 115, I think the Dodgers would sign up for that to, right now instantly. Um, the thing, the other part with like Snell, it, I think the pros and cons, obviously, you know, we, we've talked about what it comes down to on the pitching side. But, yeah, it does come down to what that contract is because, you know, Blake Snell, you said the FIP was, you know, 3-4-4 compared to 2-2-5 ERA. Well, the 3-4-4 FIP, Zach Gallen's ERA, who finished third, was a 3-4-7 He had a 3-4-7 ERA. And, you know, his FIP was a little bit better at 3-2-6. So, like, even if 
Snell pitched to what his FIP was, it's still a pretty good pitcher. But again, it does it come down to is he making 25 mil a year, which is you know 25 plus mil, which is ace money, or does it come down to in that 20 25 range? Where I think that if he's available in that 20 to 25 range or 20 to 24 range, million a year, you know, and the years are not you know, maybe not eight years, but if you can get it down to five years, I think that's manageable for the Dodgers, especially with Blake Snell. And like I said, the 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 walks and stuff would annoy me as a fan of watching him pitch if he continued to keep that up. Um, but also, you know, if he's not your ace, then it's a little bit, you know, if he is your number two, you're a pretty good team. If he's your number three, you have a really good rotation. And I think if anyone the Dodgers sign this offseason, you know, I don't know if there's any ace out there as a free agent. You know, Yamamoto could be a number one. But I don't expect that to happen in the first year that he comes over. You know, Blake Snell could be your number one, but probably not on a team that has legitimate, like, World Series aspirations on paper. But, again, with the Dodgers, you know, Walker Buehler could become your number one or a good number two again. And Blake Snell could be, you know, your 1A or number three or whatever the case is. And then, you know, you go, maybe they do trade for Burns. And then now they have a one and a two and a three. So, like, there's different ways to go about it. But, yeah, I think it's all going to come down to the contract in terms of what the Dodgers would do. But I do think that, you know, Carlos Rodon, people might see that, you know, after last year. Obviously, Snell hasn't really had injury issues like that. But he got a lot of money, and then he only pitched, like, well, like three or four games for the Yankees last year. And now they still have to keep paying them. Yeah. And, and, you know, Snell hasn't had injury issues, but he has had uh, innings issues. Like th this is only the second time, both times in his career that he has qualified for the ERA title. He has won the ERA title and the Cy Young Award. Uh, but that's twice in eight years that he's pitched enough to qualify. His career high in innings pitched other than his two Cy Young Award seasons is 129 and a third. Both Cy Young Award seasons, he pitched 180 innings. Uh, which is, you know, not terrible, but I mean, that is, that's in 32 starts this year. So he averaged less than six innings a start. And that's because walks too many guys, throws too many pitches, uh, you know, and, and there was always questions, you know, going back to 2020 world series. The reason Kevin cash took Blake Snell out of that game in game six is because there were questions about Blake Snell's ability to get through a lineup the third time. And we can argue all, all we want about whether that was the right move or not. Uh, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a move that cash made without any data to back it up. And so, you know, uh, I, I haven't looked, uh, lately, you know, or like what, uh, what Snell's splits were this last season, third time through the order. I'm, uh, checking it right now. I mean, he, he, uh, he actually did quite a bit better third time through the order. So maybe that's a, a demon he has exercised, but uh, you know, also he he had just over half as many plate appearances against guys their third time through as the first two times through because he doesn't get that deep into games, and that's not necessarily the end of the world. We saw that with the Dodgers this year with all their young pitchers. They, uh, but we but we also saw late in the season that even though Lance Lynn wasn't good, he brought some length and he helped. The reason the Dodgers bullpen was very good late in the season is because the starters started pitching more innings. And so you're not going to bring in Blake Snell to be an ace knowing that he's going to average less than six innings a start. 
Yeah, I do wonder on Snell's side of things, you know, obviously money's going to trump all for the most part for most free agents. But I wonder if he does consider teams that are at less, you know, quote unquote, analytically driven in the sense of I want to be able to be, you know, allowed to pitch third time through a lineup. You know, every team uses analytics and, you know, we, we don't need to get into the semantics of that word right now. But, you know, as it seems, a team like the Rangers and Bruce Bochy, they, he probably pushed his starters a little bit more than other managers would have pushed their starters, especially in the postseason, for sure. So I wonder if, like, Snell is looking at teams that don't have that, you know, attachment of analytically driven towards them uh, when he's looking for a free agent team. Yeah, maybe, although – uh, he might also be thinking analytically driven teams are the reason that I've won two Cy Young awards because they get me out of the game in time. So, I mean, I don't know if he thought that when Kevin Cash took him out. So, well, but that's different. That was a World Series game. That was that wasn't a, a overall philosophy difference. That was a this game difference. That was a let me pitch yeah. this game. Uh, but you know, overall, I think it has benefited his career. And so, but yeah, I mean, his if you look his. Batting average allowed goes way down, even though his walk rate goes way up the third time through the order. And so, you know, may, uh, he he might have been better off getting pulled more often this year before the third time through the order. His walk rate would be better, and he wouldn't have set a record for highest walk rate by a Cy Young Award winner. But he also might not have won the Cy Young Award if he pitched fewer innings. So, yeah. All right, there are three other former Dodger pitchers that are available for free agency. Is there any reason for the Dodgers to look at them or take a flyer on them? We will discuss that, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen. Make sure to be coming every day or by listening every day. Locked on Dodgers, wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. And a reminder, Locked on is launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is covering the top sports stories 24-7 with local experts of Locked On plus national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Jeff. So names we haven't heard in a while and one name we recently heard. Um, Hunjin Ryu, Kenta Maeda, Lance Lynn, all are free agents, all had similar projections for 2024 contract um on the athletic on one of the articles on the athletic and all i guess potentially could be signed by the dodgers so thinking of those three names i don't know if you want to rank them go through each of them one-on-one but uh you know what do they make you feel yeah it's interesting the similarities are pretty uh uncanny at least at the you know the raw numbers that lynn is going into his age 37 season so is Ryu. Maeda's going into age 36 season. And like I said, they're all projected for one-year deals worth around 10 or $11 million. Uh, they're, they're also all three coming off of uh, subpar seasons. Uh, you know, uh, Maeda is coming off Tommy John surgery. So is Ryu. And both of them missed time and, and weren't extremely effective this last year. Lance Lynn, obviously, uh, I feel like we can rule Lynn out. Um, I feel like the home runs that he allowed 
even with all of the, you know, he, like we said, he did provide stability for the rotation, eight innings to help the bullpen out. Um, but I feel like Lance Lynn was a guy the Dodgers got for a specific need for late in the 2023 season. And when you're in the offseason and you have the whole buffet of pitchers in front of you, there's no reason to pick Lance Lynn uh, when you're a team like the Dodgers. Uh, and, and so really, you know, the, the question would be, would the Dodgers be interested in a reunion with either Maeda or Ryu? And and both guys, like I said, there's pros and cons to both. Uh, but when, when I think back about, you know, Ryu had his best season his last year with the Dodgers. He was outstanding, um, you know, a legitimate Cy Young candidate. Maeda, on the other hand, almost every year ended up in the bullpen by the postseason. And it, you know, he wasn't bad, but he was never really one of their best options as a starter. And now the the positive of that is he does have some of that flexibility. He has experience pitching out of the bullpen and stuff. But uh, I, I feel like for me, if it was going to be one of these three pitchers, it would be Ryu just because he has the high, highest ceiling of the three. Um, and, and Ryu would fit it and being a fan favorite, which obviously also applies to Maeda. But, uh, I feel like Ryu, if, if the Dodgers went after him, you know, obviously they would have to get other starting pitchers too, but bringing him Ryu with the idea of him being a number four or five starter when he's healthy, not counting on him to make more than 20 starts or so, uh, basically the hedging your bets against Kershaw not coming back. You know, Ryu could fill that Kershaw role of veteran leadership, uh, pitching well when he's healthy, not expecting too much from him. Uh, and for 10 million bucks, I think that could be worth it. Yeah, I'm completely opposite. I wouldn't touch Ryu with a 10 foot pole, and I don't want Lance Lynn either. I think the answer for me is Maeda. And for the simple fact that he still strikes out guys, regardless of you know how effective he is in terms of preventing runs, which I think can also always be, you know, kind of aided by the Dodgers. I just always assume that he'll be a little bit better when they come with the Dodgers. But 117 strikeouts and 104 innings last year. He made 20 starts coming off, like I said, Tommy John surgery. Second year removed from Tommy John surgery now, even at age 36. Um, you know, I feel like maybe he'll come back a little bit stronger. And I feel like because he has that duality of being able to pitch bullpen or starter, uh, you know, I don't know if he would want that, which it might prevent all this from happening anyways. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I think it's Maeda Ryu. You know, looking at his last year, he he threw over five innings once. He allowed less than two runs in like four of his, whatever, four of his 12 outings. Um, I don't know. I, I just, for me, it, it, I, I'd rather go a guy that has stuff and, and kind of figure it out and play it that way rather than go with somebody that, you know, kind of relies on, especially with Ryu, like he's always relied on, being a good pitcher. And I think that some of the numbers that, you know, showing from what he did last year, just don't excite me too much, but you know, if they sign him, it's not going to be a mad at it, but I just, for me, it's my like way up there. Yeah. I, I could see that for sure. And, and a lot of it comes down to how much of reuse ineffectiveness the last two seasons uh, was because of the injury, you know, because when you have Tommy John surgery, Usually you're hurt for a little while before, you know, Walker Bueller before his Tommy John surgery was having the worst season of his career. And then it's like, Oh, that's why. Uh, and, and, you know, so 
And, and when you come back from Tommy John surgery, sometimes it takes a while to get back into the swing of things. And so the last time Ryu was healthy was 2021. And his, his strikeout rate was not Maeda level and not even, uh, not even previous Ryu levels. It was down, but it was 7.6 strikeouts per nine in 2019 with the Dodgers, it was only 8.0. And, and so he's shown he can be successful without the ton of strikeouts. And so really it would come down to, all right, why do we think that he's been so bad the last two years? If it really was the injury and he's fully healthy now, I feel like that is a different story. And, and Maeda, I, maybe it's, and maybe because Maeda did have his Tommy John surgery. I always go back to the fact that when the Dodgers originally signed Maeda, it was on a really funky contract because they were so worried about his arm. And then he ended up being every year, their only starter who didn't get hurt. Uh, but now he's had that Tommy John surgery. So maybe, you know, I, I might just be my, my brain is used to being worried that my Ada is one pitch away from blowing out his elbow. Uh, and now that he's done that, maybe, maybe he's okay. But uh, you know, I also think back, you know, you and I have been doing a podcast together for a long time and I remember back on our old podcast uh, saying, "If Kent, uh, or, I don't think Hunjin Ryu is ever going to throw another pitch again." And uh, and it took about a year and a half for him to prove me wrong. It was, you know, when he, what was it, some nasty groin injury or something like tore the mus- muscle off the bone, uh, and uh, you know, I, I just didn't think Ryu was ever going to come back. And then he did come back and was better than ever. And uh, you know, I, I guess I still. Maybe I'm just on outdated uh, suppositions in my brain. I still think Maeda's about to get hurt, and I still think Ryu is uh, proved me wrong and came back and was awesome. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that if either of them are your number five starter, like a swing guy, you know, you could be – you're not that bad. Um, but I do think, you know, specifically like even signing either of them – kind of means that they didn't get who they wanted at the top of the rotation or they're really going to be really protective of the young arms and Bueller's arm on the back end of the rotation. So yeah, specifically when it comes to it, it's a tricky thing, you know, with Bueller coming back, you don't know exactly what to expect from him. The rookies, like they're going to have to hedge their bets some. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's where we're going to have to see arms like this kind of make a one year deal and a little bit of a prove it deal. The one thing that they, like, let's just say they did sign one of these two guys, and then, hey, the rookie guys all took a step forward, looked good. Walker Buehler's looked good. You know, they did sign one or two other starting pitchers. You know, the Dodgers have never been a team to flip guys at the deadline, but that would be a candidate if everything else went right and they felt comfortable moving forward. Like, okay, now we have excess now. Kershaw might be coming back. You know, we might be able to flip somebody at the deadline. Yeah, or that could be another argument in favor of Maeda because he has pitched out of the bullpen before and they could just switch him back to that role. Yeah. All right, Jeff, you got anything else? Uh, just one other thing. You've mentioned the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 YouTube channel. There's also a Locked On Sports Los Angeles 24-7 YouTube channel uh, where you can see this podcast uh, at times throughout the day, but also Lakers. I think the Angels are on there, Clippers. Uh, probably, uh, I think there's U- UCLA and USC. And some are national shows, so you could also search YouTube for the Locked On Sports Los Angeles twenty four seven. Our buddy Doug McCain with the Locked On Rams. Oh yeah, yeah. So I forgot there's football teams too. Yeah. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day. 
Make sure to check out those Locked On Sports 24-7 channels. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening or watching to this show every single day or as close to it as possible. You know, we're not going to keep tabs that you watched, uh, you know, 25 out of 25 episodes this month but or whatever, however many it ends up being. But if you're in, in the 20 range every month, you're an everydayer for in our, in our book. So, And if you're not there, quite there yet, you know, go ahead and bump it up. 30 minutes, uh, 15 minutes. If you listen on two times speed, you can get it done pretty quick, any part of your day. Uh, if you want to start your day with this, though, that's that's how we prefer it. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM either of us for any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those via email, LockdownDodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, search my device, play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.